Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Conversation, where we talk politics, race, religion, and everything else that makes you and your family uncomfortable. As always, I'm your host, Austin, joined by Tobias. What's up, man? How you doing, Austin? I'd be doing a lot better if that goddamn pickle wasn't in my office. <laughs> hey, man, I got a pickle Listen, here's, here's, here's a little backstory for our <laughs> listeners. I fucking hate pickles. And right before we recorded, Tobias reaches down in his backpack and pulls out a pickle. Um, now my office smells like freaking pickle. I wanted a pickle. <laughs> and I'm not even eating the pickle. I'm drinking He's juice. just drinking the juice out of the bag. He's not even eating the pickle. Hey, man. <laughs> I, I needed the juice from the pickle. You're a son of a bitch and I hate you. That's all I got to say about hey, it. Hey, man. Pause. <laughs> Look. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Housekeeping for you guys. First of all, talking about the trailer bloopers. We've already done the math because we've already tried to record this once. <laughs> Our goal is 150. 150 unique listeners plus on, on the podcast plus watched hours on YouTube. That's got to add up to 150 before we, we're going to release these this blooper reel. Mm-hmm. Our listeners are up to 54. 54. That's it. That's it? That's it. Wait. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. They don't. I don't think they do. Wow. It's funny as shit, you guys. You should really want, you, you should, you should try to at least get the opportunity to listen to it, but it's like you're not, wow. You know, no one's sharing it with their friends. No one's, you know, every, mm. every episode, every YouTube video, you've got a shareable link. Just click the button and send it to a buddy. And guys, think about it like this. I know COVID-19 is here and you're trying to social distance, but you have a cell phone. <laughs> Share it. <laughs> Come There's on, no man. excuse. There's no excuse. Speaking of YouTube, if you are listening on YouTube, make sure you like the video or dislike it. YouTube's algorithm doesn't give a shit. Quite frankly, neither do I. <laughs> Tobias doesn't either. Damn. Um, but get on there. Subscribe. That way the new videos are always on your feed. You can watch them. Get our watch hours up. And then you might actually get any opportunity to hear the trailer bloopers. Because I'm hearing it almost every day. And if you're on YouTube, you have a special job just like you always do. Today's main topic is affirmative action. So while we're going through the news, while we're going through this show, get down there in the comments to tell us your thoughts on affirmative action. As always, be civil. No fighting. You know, respect each other. You can disagree, that's fine, but just respect each other. Don't digitally slap shit out of somebody if they disagree with you or something <laughs> like that. But that being said, you ready to get into some news? Um... Yes. Don't um me. Don't um me. That's the reason you came here, man. <laughs> You're right. I, I I am ready. I'm gonna, let's try this again, folks. Are you ready to get into some news? Yes. Then let's get uncomfortable. First piece of news today comes to us from NPR. NPR news. And here it is. The House impeachment managers, which are is the Democratic Party, they uh they have put together a brief that outlines all their arguments for the Senate trial against Donald Trump. And okay. we actually have a copy of it. So you don't have to agree with anything that's in this, but I'm going to go through what's in this. Okay. So they start off with, obviously they have the introduction, then they have what they call the statement of facts. And they have one, two, three, four, five, seven facts that they state. Number one, President Trump refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. <laughs> we all know Number that. Two. <laughs> Starting off strong. Number two, <laughs> President Trump encourages his followers to come to Washington on January 6, 2021 and, quote, fight to overturn the election results. Number three, Vice President Pence refuses to overturn the election results. 
Then number four, President Trump incites insurrectionists to attack the Capitol. Mm. Then insurrectionists incited by President Trump attack the Capitol. President Trump's dereliction of duty during the attack. And finally, the House approves an article of impeachment with bipartisan support. So I guess their statement of facts is basically a timeline leading right. up to this point. What what all happened to you know this impeachment? Is there anything in that first part that you either disagree with or take issue with, or does it kind of sound pretty cut and dry? Uh, perfect. To me, it's pretty cut and dry. Right, because uh, I think everyone has proof that he uh, actually did those things, so it's not just speculation. Mm-hmm. So, right. Ugh. Well. That leads us into the next section of the brief, okay? which is the argument. And they have three arguments. Mm. Argument number one, President Trump committed high crimes and misdemeanors. Okay, their subpoints under this are thusly. Number one, President Trump violated his oath of office. Number two, President Trump attacked the democratic process. Number three, President Trump imperiled Congress. And number four, President Trump undermined national security. So, under the argument of Trump has committed high crimes and misdemeanors, what are your thoughts, Tobias? My thoughts. He did it. That's all I got to say. There's, your, there's your riveting insight <laughs> from our top reporter, Tobias. Um, That's why they have me on the case here's, all the time. I'm going through these. We'll go through them one by one as far as what I think about it. Number one, President Trump violated his oath of office. I would say yes to that. Just because, in my mind, and this may not be true, I may be, I may be completely off on this. But in my mind, part of your oath of office mm-hmm. is to respect the process, and if you lose, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard than whining about it. Right. Um, <clears throat> especially since there's no evidence of anything. Everybody keeps saying they have evidence, but until I see it, I'm going to continue believing there is no evidence. Wow. Speaking of that. You know how there's that one person where you present the evidence and they just don't believe you. You know that happens more often than you think, <laughs> and that that's made more than likely this case right here. He knows what's real. He sees the evidence mm-hmm. that he did lose, but in his yeah. mind, he's like, "No, I don't." Hey, believe he's that. a sore loser, right? So, mm-hmm. sub point A, I would say yes. B, Trump attacked the democratic process. I'm not necessarily going to say he attacked the democratic process, but just because he didn't personally do it. Now, he may have, through different, you know, Twitter posts Mm -hmm. and verbiage that he uses in his speeches and that sort of thing, he may have instigated a lot of shit. But him personally, I'm not going to say that he necessarily attacked the democratic process. Uh, Anything you got to say before we move on? You look like the wheels are turning. I think I think he kind of did. Okay. Uh, just like th- like you said through Twitter posts, he kind of okay. Uh, like saying, um, "I don't trust you guys. You guys are doing your job wrong." Because you know Trump has did that a lot uh, as far as mm-hmm. criticizing someone about their job. Yeah, that's true. So, um, C. President Trump imperiled Congress. I'm not going to blame him for this necessarily. You better leave that pickle alone. <laughs> don't fucking touch that I was pickle. <laughs> um, even though he did incite people to come to Washington D.C. on January sixth, mm-hmm. and he told them to you know get wild, blah blah blah. I don't necessarily think I could be wrong, but I don't think that them 
going that crazy with it, storming the Capitol and putting the lives of Congress people in jeopardy. I don't think that was his intention. Doesn't right. make doesn't make what he did right. Right. But to say that he imperiled Congress, I'm going to go with an A on that one. Because that that would, in my mind, there would there would need to be. You know, he would have that that had to be on his agenda. That okay. had to be part of his pro- plan was to imperil Congress. I don't think it was. Yeah, a lot of things that happens. Uh, in most of our lives is we intend on doing something, but in the process, other things happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's throughout history, you know? So maybe it happened, but it wasn't his intention or I don't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And the last, the last sub point under this is uh Trump undermined national security. I'd go with yeah on that one mm-hmm. because I mean, there's no evidence whatsoever again on, you know, Election fraud, things like that, and he continues to say that it was stolen. The election was stolen from him, and this mm-hmm. and that, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd give that one a yay. Yeah, that he's undermined national security. All right, second argument. The man crazy for his true second argument on the uh, the brief in the brief for his impeachment is there is no defense for President Trump's conduct. Got another four sub points under this one for you. Okay. Number one. Fair impeachment process, number two, criminality, number three, the election results, and number D, or number four, the free speech. <laughs> well, they've got them lettered, and I was numbering them for whatever fucking reason. I don't know why I was doing that. A, B, C, and D, or one, two, three, and D, whatever you want. And what was D again? All right, so fair impeachment process. Right. So they're saying that he has no defense against the impeachment process because right. they've done it fairly, which depending on who you ask. Some people would probably say it's unfair. I don't know the ins and outs of the law when it comes to impeaching presidents and or former presidents. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak one way or the other on that one. Number two is criminality. I guess they're the saying that against. saying that he's you know a criminal, so he has right. no defense against himself being a criminal. Yeah. C is uh, the election results. He has no defense. As far as the election results, because there's no evidence to the contrary. No, yeah, no right. hard evidence as far as to proving that there was fraud. And then D is free speech. I would imagine what they're saying on that is he has no defense because free speech is not this unilateral, universal, all-powerful right that you can say whatever you want, whenever you want, to whoever you want. Like, you have the... The freedom of speech, but you also can't yell, can't yell fire in a crowded theater, mm-hmm. shit like that. So I would imagine that they're saying the shit he's been doing does not fall under free speech. I don't know on that one. It's kind of like up in the air. Yeah, that's. It's kind of like you gotta say probably eh. probably the spreading of misinformation is what they're talking about on that one. It's kind of like when you gotta shrug your shoulders, like eh. yeah, but. So, third argument in this briefing is the Senate has jurisdiction to try this impeachment. Uh, they have A, B, and C. A, formal, former officials in England and the early American states were subject to impeachment and disqualification for abuses committed in office. So, there's been an argument a lot of people are making is that he's no longer a president, so you can't impeach him. Mm-hmm. They are saying that there's precedence for former officials being impeached, and I know why they're doing it. They're doing they're they're 
taking him to court and trying to impeach him because if he does, if they are successful and he is impeached, he can't run again. Right. But since he didn't, he hasn't served two terms yet. Technically, he can run for office again. I don't know if he ever would, but so that's what they're saying there. B is the framers adhered to the tradition that former former officials were subject to impeachment conviction and disqualification for misconduct in office. It's basically saying the the framers of the Constitution. Um, and we talk about it in debate a lot. Framers' intent, basically. When you look at what something says, you have to think about it the way the the people that wrote it or the person that wrote it intended it to be taken. Right. So they're saying there that the framers they they believe that you know for misconduct in office you can impeach somebody even after they're out of office. Yeah, that was a big fear for a lot of people um, because they said they wanted to like get. Like they they was wondering like hey when he's no longer president will it still matter like with the mm-hmm. urgency to push even though you like you said well, if he runs again yeah there's a know. couple things number one if he's impeached he's not allowed to run again right that's one of the big ones number two former presidents are briefed on everything mm-hmm. so if some shit hit the fan and there's some confidential stuff or whatever some briefing that is normally reserved for presidents. Uh, President Obama, George Bush, Bill Clinton, they all get briefed on it. If you are impeached, just like Trump is, they're trying to impeach Trump, he no longer gets those briefings. So it's also a way for them to try to keep him out of the loop as far as politics goes. Right. Like, So yeah. that's another that's so another reason. I, I looked it up. Like I, I got an update earlier today. It said Trump shouldn't get classified briefing. Uh, exactly. So. so if he's impeached, he he won't be entitled to those classified briefings. Right. However, if he's not impeached, then What's by the Trump? rules and laws put put forth or whatever, he's a former president. He gets those. Mm-hmm. I'm also <laughs> I'm drinking. <laughs> Made the commercial sound. That's right. <laughs> I'm just drinking a Pepsi, though. I'm not a drunk like Tobias. How am I and drunk? The, and the only reason he's not drinking is he's already finished his drinks. <laughs> yeah, I did. I finished some pretty early. But, all right. Last one under the Senate having jurisdiction is congressional precedent supports jurisdiction over President Trump. Um, and I am not reading through this whole thing to get their fucking explanation for that. I'm going to go ahead and just make an assumption. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. So congressional precedent supports jurisdiction over, over President Trump. I would imagine that means that even though he's no longer president, the Senate can still try him. Because the, the Senate doesn't hold trials for common criminals. Right. You know, the average Joe that goes to court. They hold trials for people in Congress and presidents and that sort of thing. So I'm guessing they're saying that there's a precedent for them to hold jurisdiction over Trump, even though he's no longer president. What are you looking up? No, just, you know, no. going through the same thing. No, you're good. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's <laughs> I, I, my thing is whenever someone does, does something wrong, we want them to actually get punished for it instead of, it's just being a afterthought, you mm-hmm. know, because the longer things are prolonged, 
like the the more they die out. You know what I'm saying? As far as uh, the urgency to get those things done. Yeah. But like you said, you know, as far as him getting the briefings and him becoming uh, president again, that's very mm-hmm. important. So, you know, as long as they keep pushing and the right things happen, but, you know, you never know how the outcome will be. Well, that is, like I said, that's from NPR. That's the the impeachment managers, which is the Democratic Party, really. Mm-hmm. Um, their outlines for their arguments for the Senate trial of Trump. So if you're on YouTube, get down in the comments. Let us know how you feel about it. Let us know if it's all bullshit or if you know you agree with every bit of it. Actually, if you agree with every bit of it, I feel like your comments will be a little boring. So try to throw some sort of <laughs> throw a little. argument in there. Like get a conversation going. But that being said, let's move on to news story number two. And news story number two comes to us from CNN. This is coming to us from coming to us Tuesday. Georgia state GOP lawmakers introduce voting restriction legislation. What does that mean? What that means is basically they are trying to um, they're 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 seeking to roll roll back voter access. Meaning, like right now it's in place. And let me find the exact verbiage so that I don't misspeak or anything like that. Uh, okay, so one of the bills would require an excuse to vote absentee, undoing a 2005 Republican-backed law allowing no excuse absentee voting. So basically one of the rules that they have in place in Georgia is you can vote absentee, meaning you can like you don't have to go to the poll mm-hmm. and mail in or whatever for whatever reason. Right. Right. They're trying to put this in place so that under this bill that they propose, voters would need to be 75 years or older, wow. uh, absent from their precinct, observing a religious holiday, have a physical disability, be required to provide constant care for someone with a physical disability, or required to work, quote, for the protection of the health, life, or safety of the public during the, during the entire time the polls are open to qualify to vote absentee. So basically, those people that just want to stay home, they're trying lazy. to make it to. Yep. They're trying to make it to where they don't get to go vote. Okay. Um, like they have to actually get up to go vote. Yeah, know? and that's just one part. One part it's of this. Uh, let's see. The bills would also ban drop ballot drop boxes and require voters to provide identification when they request when they request an absentee ballot application. Another one of the bills would limit who can distribute absentee ballot applications in Georgia or to Georgia election officials and campaigns, blocking outside groups and nonprofit organizations from sending applications to voters. Um, Expand poll watcher access, prohibit new Georgia residents from voting in runoffs. That's a little weird. Um, (laughs) Mandate monthly updates to election officials of voters who have died. So, this is very, it seems very, first of all, before I get into that, okay. what do you think of any of the crap I just said? Um, I think it's just a way for the next election, for the next election, for there not to be any uh, accusations as far as voter mm-hmm. fraud. and Because the thing is, um, the absentee votes are what, you know, what helped win the election for Biden. Mm-hmm. And so um, I understand the absentee votes was mainly made for COVID-19. Right. 
to you know for to help with social distancing. But I mean, once COVID nineteen is done, it shouldn't be as much absentee voting. And so, uh, for the ones who just sit at home and be lazy, like the ones who mm-hmm. like to use a remote instead of actually going to do things, like I, I, laughing I, me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel like. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking at all these. It was kind of like the a whole, trial by error thing. You know? Yeah, the the no excuse absentee voting, which I don't have a problem with it. There he goes. He's going for the pickle again. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, I understand the whole no excuse absentee voting thing. That that part doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Most of it doesn't bother. The one thing that I saw that kind of rubs me the wrong way is this provision in here that says it would prohibit new Georgia residents from voting in runoffs. So basically what that means is, let's say you move to Georgia. And then shortly after or during your move or whatever, there's an election, mm-hmm. whether it's for president or for Senate or whatever. And we have to go to a runoff because it was too close to count. Mm-hmm. Now you voted in that first election. You voted. And now it's too close, so they have to do a runoff. Well, since you're a new resident, you don't get to vote in a runoff. Really? Yeah. Yeah, prohibit new Georgia residents from voting in runoffs. That's the only one that really kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm okay with the monthly updates to election officials as far as what voters have died and stuff. Um, Expanding poll watcher access. I'm all right with that. Whatever. That's just, that's the only one that kind of, I'm not really on board with. Most of this seems very reactionary anyway. Uh, Why and, though? Because mm, I don't, yeah, I don't like that either. I understand if you're trying to, but that would be, okay. So my, my, in my mind, it's like, Maybe they were doing that to prevent people from moving and trying to change the votes and how they swing in the state. Mm-hmm. But I don't think what, someone would go through all that trouble just just to, you know. I don't know. It seems, like I said, it seems very reactionary because, you know, we did just get done with some elections in Georgia where Democrats kind of came behind and won, not just the presidency, but also the Senate and everything. Right. And now this is a... Republican bill that they're trying to that they wrote up or trying to pass Um, and if memory serves the uh, the law back in 2005 that allowed for no excuse absentee voting Mm -hmm. was also Republican backed and it also followed an election where Democrats won Mm. like we're the the state elections for the Senate and all that. Right, right, right. So it seems like it's very, it's kind of, okay, we lost back in 2005, so let's try to push this law through that changes the way that people vote mm-hmm. to help us, to like to sway things in our favor. Now, fast forward 16 years, or I guess it was 15 at that point, we lost again. Well, let's try to change shit up again. So it seems very reactionary. Only when you lose, huh? Only when you lose. I don't like that. The rules of the game are fine as long as you're winning. 
Well, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, easy killer, easy. <laughs> anyway, so more importantly, ladies and gentlemen on YouTube, what do you think? Get down there in those comments. Let us know how you feel about these GOP lawmakers in Georgia introducing right. some voting restriction legislation. Especially if you're in Georgia. Yeah. I, I sure, we have people listening in Georgia. <laughs> sure we do. Because I, I know how you guys are. <laughs> so, that being said, let's move on to news story number three. Number news story three. number three comes to us from, this one also comes from NPR. Uh, and this one comes to us today at about 11.48 a.m. So, headline reads... Supreme Court rules against California doubles down on religious rights amid pandemic. What? What? What does that mean? Wait, what? So you you weren't expecting religion in this nope. episode, were you? I thought we were saving religion for a special topic. Yeah. This is the special topic, the oh, uncomfortable conversation. Gosh. I say the word religion at the beginning of literally every episode. <laughs> What's the problem, man? I don't know. Just so me. apparently, for those that aren't aware, California in response to the pandemic, banned indoor church services okay. to keep you know a ton of people from grouping together indoors. Right. So this says, a deeply divided Supreme Court doubled down on religious rights late Friday night, ruling that California can no longer continue with a ban on indoor church services put in place to fight the coronavirus pandemic. But the court said that the state, for now, can keep in place restrictions on singing and chanting inside. So the Supreme Court, I'm sure that it's got to be the Supreme Court of California because there's no way this thing made it all the way to the Supreme Court. But so the court says, no, you can't ban indoor church activities, but you can restrict them so that they can't sing or chant in church. First question for you is because you got this weird wild eye on, on right now because i know that you know you're a very religious guy how do you feel how do you feel about number one how do you feel about the ban that they put in place that's fine um there's a lot of churches uh here in town that uh has um uh, still having church services and are being uh covid friendly as far as like having social distancing, wearing masks, all that. Uh, and I play for a church that we're currently social distancing. Mm -hmm. And like my drummer is like 10 feet away. Uh, the choir members are like six feet apart from each other or more. Like, you know, they don't like each other, but you know, how they, never mind. So, second question You're okay with, you're okay. You said you're okay with them banning indoor church activities. How do you feel about the Supreme Court reversing that decision, saying, no, you can't ban indoor church activities? See, that's the tough thing. Um, I know they tried to keep... I know religion is one of those things where... Separation of church and state. Right. Right. And so, um, I know they're trying to do it for... The right reasons, but I mean, since they lifted it, I don't see anything wrong with it. But it, my thing is, um, when someone doesn't listen, uh, when they first 
did the band. They was doing church services anyway. That's a problem. But since they're lifting it, I have no problem with it. If that makes sense. Sorry, I was sitting here reading. Maybe this did actually go to the Supreme Court, not just the Supreme Court in California. No, this is the 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 Supreme Court. Oh, oh. So it went to the big dogs. Oh. And so last year, it was a five to four vote. Five to four vote upholding the bans in California. But now, you know, you've got the late just Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So she died. And then Amy Coney Barrett took her place. So now it's flipped. Now they voted on it again. Now it's 5-4 the other way. Saying, you know. But anyway, I digress. My third question for you. Okay. Okay. This is the big one. Oh, okay. How... In the Jesus H. Fuck, are they going to go in there and how, how are they going to impose this rule that you can't chant and sing in church? Are they going to, you know, are they going to put an officer in every church that has to jump up and be like, hey, 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 what I tell you, what I tell you about that singing shit? Um, Use your inside voices, goddammit. First of all, without the freedom in church, what is the point of having church? True. Um, if I have to have restri- restrictions on how I give praise, what's the point of having church? Um, the thing is, if you're going to let allow me to do something, especially if it's dealing with religion or you know, like I understand if you're like a kid in the playground, say, hey, you can go play. Just don't come over here. I understand that. But if you saying, hey, go play, but don't play, like you can be on the playground, just don't have fun. What's the point of being on the playground? So it's like when you're worshiping and you're at church, you're going to sing, you're going to chant, you're going to pray together, you're going to talk. Like, I, I don't get that. I, that really like shook my mind a little bit because... I feel like that's still like the that's still like someone trying to have a hold on you. You know, it's like someone trying to give you freedom, but they still want to say so on how you use your freedom. I don't like it. Uh, I feel like it's dumb. I feel like it's pointless for you to say, y'all, you guys can have church. Just don't sing. Like almost every religion requires some kind of singing or chanting, mm-hmm. no matter what domina- domination you are denomination whatever uh you're gonna see matrix whatever matrix <laughs> cheese bread uh there's where the all, fuck are you going with I it now cheese and bread <laughs> jesus there's always something that that is gonna like have you to sing or chant or do a hymn or something so i'm mm. well again and it's not it's not the question of telling people they can't sing and stuff because i understand that because i mean being indoors with people makes it more likely to spread it anyway, but especially when you're singing and chanting, it raises that risk even even higher. My question is, how the fuck are you going to enforce it? Like, how are you going to say that every church in the state can't do this? Like, how are you, are you, that's why I was asking, are you going to put a police officer in every church in the state to um, be the, the singing and chanting guy? They're going to have Barney Fife at the front door. <laughs> and I can just see him now. Saying, hey, 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 hey. 
Well, now, if y'all come in here, <laughs> don't you be doing that singing stuff in here. We frown upon that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like it's putting more stress. Uh, I don't like it. It's putting a lot of stress on as far as maintaining that people go along those guidelines. Mm. You know, if you're saying, hey, you guys can have church. Leave it where it is. You don't have to worry about it. But you're saying you guys can have church, but no singing. Like, are we going to have a microphone in that building that when it hits a certain peak, it... A little decibel meter? Right. (laughs) Like, as soon as you hit this mark, the police are on the way. And when you hit that mark, Barney Fife comes out of the back room. (laughs) What did I tell you about all that? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's dumb. But more Uh, importantly, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think. Drop down in those comment section below and tell us how you feel about the Supreme Court supporting religious rights by saying, no, you can't ban indoor church services while simultaneously saying you can't sing or chant. So get down there in the comments below and let us know your thoughts. I hate it. And with that being said, that's our last news story today. Tobias, are you ready to talk about our main topic? I am. Well, uh, tough shit because we've got an ad break. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Yep. I was ready. Play the sound effect. <laughs> Welcome back from that ad break, everybody. Hope that was soothing on the ears. What's not soothing on the ears <laughs> is Tobias wanted to come back from that ad break and say, Welcome back, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him not to, so you're welcome. So I'm here. our main topic for today is affirmative action. Now, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to go first. Because I open with what affirmative action is anyway. Okay. So, a little educational. Um, and when we talked about Black Lives Matter, I treated it like a research brief. I talked about the cons first, and then I talked about the pros. I'm going to do the same thing here, but I'm going to start with the pros and then end with the cons. Okay. I'm going to mix it up some. So, with that being said, and then when I'm done... Pass it over to Tobias, and he can tell us what research, if any, he did about it. And you know, okay. So let me open up my little my little research brief here, and let's get into it. So first of all, let's talk about what affirmative action actually is. I have uh, two definitions here because they kind of they say the same thing, but say it in a different way. Um, so Merriam-Webster defines affirmative action as an active effort to improve the employment or educational opportunities of members of minority groups and women. And then Cornell Law defines affirmative action as a set of procedures designed to eliminate unlawful discrimination among applicants, remedy the results of prior discrimination, and prevent such discrimination in the future. So basically it's a set of like I said, a set of procedures that's put in place to say, you know, because people in certain minority groups have been discriminated against in the past Mm -hmm. and because they don't, they aren't presented with the same opportunities that, you know, a white guy is, we're going to basically at its its most basic, we're going to give them preferential treatment. 
because because of where they've been in their life and you know prior discrimination that sort of thing so what I'm going to go through first is three pros of affirmative action and then three cons and then I'll hand it over to Tobias so number one the first good thing about affirmative action is that it helps ensure diversity Um, Affirmative action is a way to ensure that diversity is obtained and maintained in schools and in the workplace. In doing so, it also helps create tolerant communities because it exposes people to a variety of cultures and ideas that are different from their own. Now, I actually have, this is from the National Center for Education Statistics. This is, this measures enrollment. Um, Actually, I'll tell you exactly, it says it right here, total number total percentage distribution, and percent female of undergraduate fall enrollment in degree-granting institutions. It has it split up by race and ethnicity and that sort of thing. So this ranges from 1976 to 2008, this particular one. So we'll talk about, first we'll talk about just the total number enrolled. So in 1976, the total number enrolled enrolled was 9.4 million. Thereabouts, 9,418,970, but whatever. Total, so nine, almost nine and a half million. Less than a million of that was black people. Only 943,355 in 1976. Mm. Um, Hispanic was only about 350,000. Asian Pacific and then American Indian slash Alaska Native, 69,000. That was the enrollment numbers as compared to 7.7 million white people. Fast forward to 2008, total number enrolled overall is over 16 million. The number of blacks enrolled, two point, almost 2.3 million. So from less than a million up to 2.3 million from 1976 to 2008. Uh, Hispanic, 2.1 million. Asian Pacific Islander, 1.1 million. And American Indian and Alaska Native, 175,000. So that one's still pretty low. But when we look at the actual percentage distribution, back in 1976, white people accounted for 82.2%. And black people only accounted for 10%. And then Hispanic was 3.7%. Asian Pacific Islander, 1.8%. American Indian, Alaska Native, 0.7%. So they had less than a percent. It's not much better now, but it's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to 2008, you know, whites in 1976 had 82.2%. Now, or not now, in 2008, whites made up 63.2%. Blacks went from 10% up to 13.9%. Hispanic went from 3.7% up to 12.9%. Mm. Asian That's a huge went jump. from 1.8% to 6.8%. And then American Indian went from 0.7% to 1.1%. So you see, even though you might think, you know, Oh, four percent. You know, blacks. We went from ten percent up to fourteen percent. But you know, it's only four percent. You also have to remember: number one, 
that's still 4% diversity that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. You know, Probably not where it should be, but it's still better. But also that 4% equates to, you know, almost 2 million, like one, one and a half million-ish black people that are enrolled now that weren't enrolled before. You know, so that's a big number. So we see by the numbers from 1976-2008 that affirmative action is working in terms of diversity. Yeah. It is. My second pro is it helps disadvantaged people. Okay. It helps disadvantaged people who come from areas of the country where there are not very many opportunities uh, to be able to advance where they otherwise could not. And in other words, it gives people an equal playing field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people that grow up and live in the inner cities or, you know, somewhere where, whether it be financially or educationally or employment wise, whatever they're at more of a disadvantage, it helps to bolster them up to be on an equal playing field with the rest of us. And then my third pro is kind of comes off of that is that it helps level the playing field. Affirmative action is a way to help compensate for the fact that due to many years of oppression, some races, quote, started late in the race. And so my three pros are it helps ensure diversity, it helps disadvantage people, and it helps level the playing field mm-hmm. okay now let's get into some cons because it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows in the affirm in affirmative action land and uh-huh. that's that's what i'm going to coin it as affirmative affirmative action land <laughs> welcome to affirmative action land. land number one is it is a f- it whether you agree with this or not it is a form of reverse discrimination yeah, that's the term so, I use. Yeah, uh, so the past, yeah, yeah, yeah. the past discrimination against certain minority groups does not justify discriminating against non-minorities now. And there are some people that disagree with me on that, and that's fine. I understand where you're coming from. But under the laws of the United States of America, all people should be equal. I'm not going to say they are equal because they're not, unfortunately, but... Under the laws of the United States of America, they they're supposed they should be equal. They're supposed to be equal, and it should, everyone should be treated that way. Right. And so, affirmative action is a way of not treating it that way, where you have, you know, two people that on paper seem very equal. They both, you know, have the very very equal grades. They're kind of on the same the same level educationally or if you're applying for a job they're on the same level occupationally Mm -hmm. as far as what their skill sets are and everything but with affirmative action you're going to give this person the job or this person the scholarship just because of their race and so even though there is an argument to be made that yeah it should you know in a way it should be that way just because of past discrimination and because, you know, that person may have come from, you know, have, have, may have a harder upbringing than this person over here. <clears throat> it's still a form of reverse discrimination. My second con is the destruction of mediocrity. What I mean by that is it, it destroys the idea of, uh, or meritocracy. I'm sorry, I misspoke. It destroys the idea of I I typed this up like on a break one day like real quick so 
excuse my me not being able to read what I typed up. Uh, it destroys the idea of meritocracy and, in, and instead puts race as the dominant factor in admissions and hiring procedures. Uh, so the best p- people for the position should be put there regardless of race. Right. What this does is it makes race or ethnicity the deciding factor rather than the merits of the person. Yeah. Hence the destruction of meritocracy. Okay. My third con is it perpetuates racism. And I actually have two points under this to kind of help get my point across. Number one is students and workers who are put into a position through affirmative action are often not fully ready to be in that position, whether it be because, you know, they were given this scholarship because of the race when, you know, they may not be ready for that scholarship because their grades may not be there or whatever, or they just may not have the mental capacity to keep their grades to a certain level to maintain that scholarship. Or, you know, a person that was put into a position at work solely because of their race, well, they may not have the skills in place to do that job. You know, this guy over here that did have the skills, he didn't get the job because of affirmative action. Now, this person may not necessarily be ready for that role. My second point under this kind of plays off of that. People that are given a position purely because of affirmative action, because they're often not qualified, the idea that all people of that race are, you know, quote, stupid is perpetuated. You know, you have somebody that's promoted to the supervisor position because of affirmative action, but they're not ready for it. Now everybody that works under them or works with them, it kind of perpetuate the idea of, oh, you know, well, you know, the black guy got this job and he's not ready for it. Black people must, you know, they must not be ready for these supervisory roles or something like that. Um, and also it, it presupposes that all people of the same skin color are from the lower class and therefore they need help. I don't like that. Yeah. No. I don't like it either. Um, it reinforces stereotypes and in some cases it even embeds them permanently into the system mm-hmm. because it, it perpetuates this idea of he was put into that position because he needed the help because he's from the lower class and he was put into that position because he's black. Therefore all black people must be from the lower class and they must need help, which is not true. But there are instances where affirmative action kind of perpetuates this idea. So my three cons, it is a form of reverse discrimination. It destroys meritocracy. And it perpetuates racism. Not necessarily in all cases, but there are cases where it perpetuates racism. So with that being said, that's my spill. I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay. Um so affirmative action, like you just gave the whole spiel, um, I think it's a great thing uh, as far as to give minorities uh, opportunities. Um, the good thing I one thing one thing you said that um, that I kind of disagreed. I think affirmative action is more for the ones that are qualified for the position. Now I won't say that there are opportunity there are situations where the unqualified like let's say let's say like you have to have a a 3.0 gpa 
and there is 15 Caucasians with the GPA, but you can only select 10. And so everyone else that is of a minority has a 3.0, but you still need to pick some more of them. So like you have to pick someone that has a 2.6 or 2.7. And so you have to try to brush them in. So I get that, but Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's designated for the ones who are qualified. Right. Right. And I'm in, you know, Personally, I'm not saying that it's always the case that you put a person in that position that's not right, ready right. for it. But I mean, but you know as well as I know, that's going to happen. It's going to happen, yeah. Right, and that's right. the problem. That's where these problems that I was talking about comes up. Right, right, right. Um, what's another thing? I, I, I love how um, it's it's a a grand thing as far as for uh, job opportunities because um, because a lot of times when you're an immigrant. And you come over trying to find a job, it's kind of almost impossible. But the affirmative action, uh, it, it, it puts you in place to get a, a easy job, like a, like a job at Walmart or a job at a warehouse or a job at, a, I don't know, best, I don't know, any job. You know what I'm saying? So um, I love that. Um, I love how if you're in school and you have like a certain issue, like um, – when I looked up the definition, it said race, disability, gender, ethnic origin, and age. So, like, as far as the gen- like, if like I know when I was in college, um, my advisor uh, asked me, uh, "Do you know any African American uh, single fathers?" And so, single fathers got a got a grant for I think like mm. two or three thousand dollars. And I was, you know, I was like, you know what? Give me a few days. Let me see if I can have a kid real quick because I. <laughs> Because that's how long it takes. It's a couple of days. Right. That's all it takes. Uh, <laughs> but it, it it puts people in a better position because, um, like, there's some instance that happens as far as African-American or Asian-American or Mexican-American. Like things yeah, happen, yeah. I, you know. We, in my spill, you know, I gave a lot of examples about race, about black versus white and that sort of thing. Affirmative action is not just about race. Right, definitely. Uh, I use those examples because I'm a white guy. Tobias is a black guy. So those are the examples yes. that kind of relate to us, and it's True. easiest to, yeah. He just had to look at his <laughs> hands to verify, but check. but he didn't. Um, but, yeah, it also has to do with socioeconomic status, uh, male versus female. Right. You know, preferential treatment given to somebody because they're a female. Right, because I think for a long time uh, – Women couldn't women, vote. You're right. w- women couldn't vote, and they couldn't uh, work in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. I still know places now that won't hire women just because of the nature of the job. So, there's some tough women out there, man. Um, there's some women out there to fuck you up hmm. in a heartbeat. I'm scared of them. Uh, <laughs> as far as the disability, like, uh, like, I think there was a case uh, a long time ago where uh, a guy didn't get hired because. Uh, of autism or something like that. He he was qualified and he could do the job, but just because they knew he had autism, he could he didn't get the job and then something happened and you know that that gives people with disabilities a, a opportunity to do things. Um and as far as their pay, like some women and people with disabilities get paid less because they have that. You know, mm-hmm. and that's we'll talk about mm-hmm. that one day. One day. We'll talk about oh, the wage we'll talk about the wage gap one day. One day I've already got that plan. Um age like the the guy at work we always talk about Glenn. He is too old to be working with us. Dude, you know he's only in his forties. He's like Man, mid mid forties or something like that. Glenn looks like he's about two hundred something. <laughs> like 
Look like you could slice him open in carbon date, and that's how he looks. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm just messing. Uh, but no, like uh, the age gap. Um, there was this old guy named Dale I used to work with uh, at an old job, and he was a he, he was like I think the oldest man working there, but he was a sweet old man. He did his job like perfectly. You know, he always came with a smile, and so I don't think age determines how well you do 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 your job. Uh, I, I guess it can kind of limit what you can do, but man, I know it's some 70, 80 year old men that can outlift me in a mm-hmm. gym. So, I mean, there, it, there should be no discrimination nowhere as far as disability, race, gender, age. There's some women that have a bicep bigger than my head. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what are you? So, uh, yeah. Well, women out there that could rip me in half like tissue paper. You probably like it. Uh, <laughs> no, because that would mean death. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think affirmative action is a good thing. Um, I think for the ones who are placed in it, they shouldn't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel anything that is privileged to you, someone will find a, a way to take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, I, I really want everyone to grasp what affirmative action and, and, is. Hey, time out. Time out. Okay. Let me jump on that whole taking advantage of it thing. I think what Tobias means by taking advantage of it is the same as like people taking advantage of the system when it comes to like food stamps and tax breaks and that yeah. kind of stuff. However, however, if there is, you know, a local college that is offering, you know, a certain scholarship to people because, you know, it's it's like a you know, a Hispanic scholarship. Right. Okay. And you are a Hispanic individual that is thinking to yourself, I'm not going to try to get that scholarship because I don't want to take advantage of the system or whatever. That's the kind of shit you need to take advantage of. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like if there are scholarship opportunities available to you, take advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure I put that out there. Man, there is like, some, if you have the opportunity to get a scholarship, get a fucking scholarship. <laughs> that this, this, I don't, I don't know how someone's going to feel about this, but there's, there's, there are situations where an African American gets a certain position, as far as being a nurse or mm-hmm. like uh, just any position. And when you get that opportunity, you fail at it. You know, you kind of take it away from someone who could have done better in your position. You know, what I'm saying, or like when you grab that position, you goof off in college, or you really don't take it serious, and you're mm-hmm. failing, and you're not actually trying. Right. That's 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 another way I mean by don't take advantage. Yeah, of what what we're saying is, take advantage of the opportunities given to you, but do not squander the opportunities yes. given to you. Because that pisses me <laughs> off. That pisses me I'm, off. I'm. That's the only reason I'm here, folks, is just to elaborate and he, tra- he makes my trans, words translate what Tobias. I know Tobias is trying to say. <laughs> um, but you're else? right. What else? Am I ranting? I'm not ranting. Uh, I'll let you rant for another eight minutes, fifteen seconds. Uh, I think that's it. Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but but I I want to make another thing pretty clear. Um, I know I did the pros first and then the cons. Mm-hmm. So I ended with shitting on affirmative action just because I went cons and then pros the last time I did this. I wanted to mix yeah. it up. I want our listeners to know overall. I do agree that affirmative action is a good thing, mm-hmm. and I believe that the pros do outweigh the cons. Um, doesn't mean I like every aspect of it. 
I just want to make that very clear. I'm not just <laughs> shitting on affirmative action. Right. Like I do, I do think it has more, more good things than bad things. But yeah, is there anything else that you want to say? Um, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, yeah. You keep the, saying um like you want to say something else, and then you're not saying anything. I think I'm just rambling. I think you are too. Uh, but yeah, be blessed with the opportunities that are presented to you. Yes. Um, Make and sure. that's not just for minority groups. Right. My fellow white people, do not squander or take for granted the opportunities given to you just because you're white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. That just opened the door to a whole different conversation. All right. Next week. On the- <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say this before we go. Okay, um, go ahead. Black people, when people do things for you, uh, don't take advantage of it uh, because the thing is we have been gone. We've, we've gone through a lot for so long. So when someone's try try to put you in position to win, don't take advantage of it. Don't be too big headed to, to overlook that opportunity. Um, people want to help you want people want to help you be better. So allow them to don't uh, be like, well, I'm not going to do it. He just ain't cause I'm black. I nah. Take the opportunity because there's more than one way of being successful. Okay, I'm done. I'm All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And remember, when I say thank you for listening, it means the episode's over, so you don't get to go anymore. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you are on YouTube or some other podcast app that lets you subscribe, uh, thank you for telling your friend that makes you uncomfortable. If you are that friend that makes people feel uncomfortable, thank you for telling everyone. Because that's just the kind of person you are, and that's the kind of shit that you do. Uh, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other one that lets you do it. I don't know if any of them do. If you have any questions, comments, topics you want us to talk about, anything like that, send it to us in the YouTube comment section or shoot us an email at uncomfortablepod at gmail.com so that we can get on here and answer your questions or just talk about it. And it doesn't have any, doesn't have to do anything with, you know, politics or race or religion or anything like that. If you want to bias his, you know, thoughts on a certain basketball game coming up or something, write I, in and I, let us I am and a, ask. Yeah. He's he, a big basketball guy. He told me not to say anything else, but I have to, I am a, a relationship <laughs> expert. Oh, um, are you? No, I'm going to go. Ahead, yeah. I'm going to nip that in the butter right now. You <laughs> are not, I, but I will give you advice on anything like basketball. Yeah. Lakers going to play in a little bit. They're going to win. So, okay. I'm done. But yeah, anything, it doesn't have to be politics. Any questions you have for us, anything you want to talk us about, talk to us about, shoot us an email, leave us a YouTube comment, tweet at us. I don't give a shit. Speaking of tweeters, um, Twitter. our, our Twitter, <laughs> I do that on purpose to mess with it. Follow us on Twitter at the Uncomfort Pod and Instagram at the Uncomfort Pod. And with all of that out of the way, as I end every episode, remember, it's okay to disagree. We can disagree and still respect each other. We can disagree and still love each other. If we keep that in mind, we won't solve the world's problems, but we will shave some of the rough edges off. Until next time.